Good evening, ladies and gentlemen out there in podcast land, or good morning, should you be listening to us in the morning. I suppose you could be listening to us at any time, many different times in the day, 24 hours to be specific. Uh, I am, you, as you know, am your host, Randall Pinkweather, and this is the 700 Club. Uh, so being titled, uh, as each of our guests have previously produced, uh, 700, at least 700 episodes of podcasts prior. What's that? I'm just being informed that there is in fact another program with the title of the 700 Club, but that don't yeah, make me no never mind here. Okay. My guest this evening, in case you happen to be listening during the evening, uh, is um, Jason. Uh, I'm Jason Claim. Jason Claim. Thank you very much for being here. Close enough. Thank you so much. Randall. Randall. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Uh huh. Pink weather. Thank you, Randall Pinkweather. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for being here. We're so excited. You're welcome. To have you. We know that you mm-hmm. have, uh, prior to today, uh-huh. produced uh, 700 episodes now mm-hmm. of uh, podcasts uh, under uh, under your banner. What do you? What do you? Um, what's the name of your sort of umbrella parent corporation, uh, if you will? Um, that's Stitch Nipple productions uh stitch nipple podcast network count the the stitch nipple uh podcast network Mm -hmm. as um run by uh jason claim uh ladies Mm -hmm. and gentlemen uh that's that's wonderful we're we're very excited to have you on and talk about excited to be here i'm a big fan i've listened to every episode so oh thank you that's so kind of you to say and watched uh just uh, you know for this is oh you watch the the video elements Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. well you know my producers keep debating whether or not we should include those And, and i tell them hey even if one person is watching the video you know it's it's worth the the dozens of dollars that that costs. Uh, mm-hmm. to help keep. Um, That's what I tell myself too. I, uh, I I was very excited to talk with you. Your 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 flagship podcast mm-hmm. under the Stitch Nipple Network mm-hmm. um, is uh, it, well. <laughs> I don't need to remind you or That's the audience. Fair. That's everybody's fair. everybody's very aware. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's the clip hour where you just yeah. you just show clips. Mm-hmm of videos but we only hear the audio of it yeah you know that was one of those things where like early on you don't know if you're like hey first of all i started almost 10 years ago doing podcasts so i'm by no means veteran i I, i'm no corny schlemp hammer i'm none of those guys uh but like definitely uh i'm i got in early there's no doubt about it and um you know, and I'm proud of that fact. But the clip hour uh, is one of those things where, you know, I thought, hey, every podcast has to have a theme. Uh, every podcast has to have a thing. When early on, it was just like, uh, weirdly, like the first, I want to say first 700 podcasts were all uh, black gay women. Um, and then eventually uh, white men took over. And then that became what they became known for, which is bullshitting. Just a bunch of bullshitting by white guys. And apparently that's all I would have needed to do 
Um, it maybe would have been more successful, but I, I stuck to my guns because I'm just a big fan of listening to clips. I don't know about you, but I grew up listening to clips going to bed at night uh, back in high school. Didn't watch sitcoms or movies. I just uh, I would take clips like blooper reels uh, or, you know, the bloopers and practical jokes shows. Sometimes America's Funniest Home Videos. And I would just chop those up, put them on VHS and listen to those. I'm like, I want somebody else to share that experience with me. How can I do that? Podcasts exist now. It's an audio medium. My God, I love just theater of the mind, you know? And what a what a boon it, it was mm -hmm. that the uh, white male demographic finally was able to mm -hmm. fight. I know to get a voice into the podcast medium. Yeah, uh, I think I think we all have uh, owe a debt of gratitude um, to the pioneer Jack Wabbit. Of course, and, and of course, his uh, seminal podcast. Hey, what are you talking about? Oh, such uh, a good for, one for carving out that kind of a uh, place for white men to just mm -hmm. bullshit in mm -hmm. the podcast space. I'm so happy that um, you, you were able to, to jump on with the, with the clip hour. What, what um, was it? If it wasn't for him, you know, we wouldn't be monetizing mediocrity the way we do now. And oh, God, I'd be nowhere without him. Honestly, Jack, RIP rest in power. Yes. Yes. Rest, rest in power after, um, uh, a 70 year career in podcasting. I know most people don't know that about him. Long, yeah. long career. He, 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 he's, he's one of the OGs, but I'm uh, sorry. I interrupted you. You had a, no, uh, not at all. I, I just, I was curious. What, what, what are some of the more, uh, predominant types of clips you like to play on the clip show? Mm -hmm. uh, you blooper reels. What, what, what types of clips uh, spawned it originally? Is there, is there one genre of clips that will uh, uh, occur more often than, than others? Or, or do you get a nice mixed bag throughout? I'm a big fan of a mixed bag. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I originally, I was like, okay, do I be fun with this? Do I be ironic? and be just guys getting kicked in the balls? Can't be that. It can't, everybody loves those, but that's also what everybody associates with clips. When you think about a clip, it's always like, oh, there's novelty clip artists out there. And it's, it's, it's honestly, it becomes a pejorative at some point. So I wanted to get the clips that I considered to be great art, uh, free of context, um, often free of any context. Sometimes you just be a person saying a word and I just love the way they pronounce the word. So it is really a case by case basis with these things. And, uh, God, I mean, you know, it's so hard to like pick. I feel like there's a, there's probably a theme. If I were to dig back, like what's the theme of all the clips I like to play, uh, or that I would like to hear as a kid. And they're the ones that comforted me, the ones that made me, that reminded me of home, if that makes sense. Oh, sure, sure. Where are you from? Uh, I'm originally from uh, upstate New York. Uh, that's where I was born, actually. Okay, oh, really? I want to confuse. Yeah, I was born in upstate New York, and I lived in uh, England for most of my life, and then moved to Los Angeles in my early 20s and um, went to a, a dialogue coach, a, di a dialect coach, and uh, went out of my way to oh, lose and my And a dialogue accent. coach as well. A dialogue coach, too, of course. I mean, uh, most of the things the right that speech. I was... I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to write dialogue. Also didn't know how to speak to other humans. So uh, it was difficult signing up for the class, but I did that. Dialect coach went out of my way, lost my English accent. And um, this is who I am today. Yeah. That's funny. I, I know what you mean. Well, I'm from Utica and uh, blooper mm -hmm. reels definitely do remind me of home. I bet. I bet. Oh, Utica. I've got, there is a, okay. Tell me if you remember this. Uh, there is, uh, oh my gosh, what was his name? Uh, Dick Forsyth. Uh, there's an old clip of him. If you might remember Dick Forsyth, he's on the radio. He's supposed to be interviewing the president. Okay. 
uh, but he has a stroke live on the radio. And that part's not funny, but it's the part leading up to it where he just anticipates that he's going to be interviewing the president. And like knowing what happens later, it's like really, really funny because you're like, oh, he's debilitated later. It's like, you know, I, I don't maybe that's kind of like lowest common denominator, but it's the kind of stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah, actually, there's a there's a statue of Dick Forsyth after that ha- happened, commemorating that event now mm-hmm. outside of um, a uh, a gynecological institute that was opened oh. in his name, uh, Dick Forceps. Oh, okay. Uh, the, uh, yeah, we, we he's 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 somewhat of a, of a local hero. Uh, of course, for that that's the closest anyone from Utica ever got to uh, interviewing uh, a a president. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. probably rough. I bet on the on the area sounds like but you know we're, we, we 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 move on we live mm-hmm. our lives hashtag Utica, Utica strong sure um that's that's wonderful uh um uh, uh, jason so how many how many would you say uh, episodes of the clip show just just the clip show are you are, are you sure at? at this point we're uh just about to hit 200 uh again been doing I, I don't I don't do them every week. I only do them. They're very carefully curated. So I only do them when I know I've got something I want to put out there. I don't just interview random people like these other podcasts where they just bring on a comedian they've never heard of to talk about something that they think is important and then just shove them out there willy nilly, like, you know, in a way where they don't give a shit. Uh, I'm one of those people who just wants to carefully curate something like a playlist. You know, it's like, you know, it, it's like I remember in the old days you give somebody a mixtape. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. Well, for me, I would give people mixtapes uh, like the early women that I would woo, uh, I would do woo them with a mix videotape. Um, I'd give them the bonus of getting actually see the video. Um, and, and so an it would EJ, be like an EJ, if you will. Exactly. So like they'd be half second to 1.75 second clips of stuff that was really important to me. They go by very, very, very fast. They'd often say they had trouble making sense of them. And I was, you know, a few times there, you know, the authorities were involved because they thought you know, I had to be questioned, but that's just because whatever. Uh, I'm just enthused about these things. Sure. And so I would give the people videotapes. And um, I remember I remember vividly you know. that working out uh, uh, very well for me on multiple occasions. Uh, oh, you I, did the same. OK, when I wish to when I wish to woo women, mm-hmm. I would uh, I would give them uh, a mixtape and I would say, hey, since, you know, it's the old days. Uh, that what we would typically do is is use a mixtape, and that's exactly what I would say to them. And then mm. I would give them a mixtape, and they say, "Hey, uh, thank you very much, Randall Pinkweather. I'll uh, you know I'll consider this, you know, and I'll, I'll add it to my collection." But I I, I want to go back to something you said. I really sure. appreciate that you are uh, committed uh, purist, you might say, to the craft of uh, only putting out uh, a podcast when it is when when you have the clips when it when it's exactly. When it's cool. It's been over 10 years and you've only made 200 clip shows. To yep. me, that stands as a testament to your integrity as a producer. I'd like Thank to you. say here at the 700 Club, we're the exact same way. I, I don't just throw some comedian on willy nilly uh, to talk about whatever new podcast endeavor they've they've just thrown together like like you would tonight's stew. No, right. uh, I, I, I endeavor to find people who... Um, have absolutely committed to the craft mm-hmm. whose podcasts have stood the test of time and and only hey we only make episodes of the show once somebody new finally produces 700 episodes of and that's course like, let me let me turn it around on you for a second i don't want to hey, you know, put hey, any flip, pressure hey you know why 700 why is that significant to you um well um i like to think that if man is five 
then the devil is six, mm-hmm. then God would be seven. And what's cooler than seven? Seven hundred. I had that thought once uh, in my dorm room uh, back at uh, KU, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and I was sitting there with my now a longtime co-producer, uh, Frank Garabond. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Frank. Yeah, not not Frank Darabont. They just oh. They, sound very similar they do his yeah. name is frank garabond there's Duh. two two letters difference there's two different letters frank's frank's listening right now he's like he's like boy oh, if i had a nickel for the amount of times randall had to explain the thing about my name on the 700 club a lot yeah, of that right, frank yeah um no and i said it to him i said i i said uh, you know if, if man is five then the devil is six and then that must mean that god is seven and you know what's cooler than then, then seven, Frank, is what I said. And Frank said, what, Randall? I said, 700. Mm-hmm. And, and it's pretty much been, that's that's when the wheels first started turning. That makes sense. I mean, that's, uh, it's, so go so many classic stories of the creation of great content. I You think of a thing and then another thing is better than that thing. Why not do one more thing? better than that times 100 that's i think that's i mean that's you go back that's basically what e equals mc squared is that was einstein topping himself you know yeah yeah that's a good point like he wanted to he wanted to work in a full other dimension i i think Mm -hmm. it reminds me a lot of that famous um that famous speech that mark duplass gave at Mm. a film festival saying hey guys in this time right now you know since we have the technology, everybody's got the technology. If you got a thing you want to do, you have no choice not to do it. Like, like yeah. you, you, must, you must do it. Sure. So that's why rather than simply do uh, one thing, uh, we're committed here to doing 700 things. Um, just to uh, move right along here, Jason, I just sure. my, uh, I, I have a commitment to my, I have a commitment to my listeners. I got of course. To my listeners. Um, you have uh, 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 there's you have you've, you've you've gone through a lot of shows, like I said, 700 episodes, about 200 of which have been the clip show. So we've got a lot of other podcast projects that you've endeavored yeah. in your career that we've got that we've got to get to. Oh, and something something I really I really wanted to talk to you about. I was very excited when I heard you were going to be on the show. Is the Alligator Hour? Oh God! All right, all right, we'll get to this, it. Do you want to talk about it now? Yeah, no, obviously, I definitely want to talk about it now. Okay, okay, uh, fine. Uh, Alligator Hour is, uh, oh, God, how do I even explain this? Uh, a friend of mine uh, years ago uncovered this uh, carnival worker um, who, he was, first of all, you've probably heard of him or seen pictures of him. He's the alligator man, very scaly skin. Um, and he discovered his true history. He, he pulled out this old, it was a big old box out of uh, his grandfather's attic. I, I don't know. He knew him. I think his father sold people to, uh, you know, fairs and things like that, carnivals, and uh, found all the papers on the alligator man. Um, and so uh, we discovered, you know, hey, this is a full story. Why not turn this into kind of a narrative? Tell the alligator man's story. And but if we're going to do that, why not do it? Make it a little more fun. Make it a musical. So uh, that is what uh, that is the basic story of the Alligator Hour. Uh, a musical treasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, so 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 who was responsible for the musical creation here? Like uh, oh okay, jams. Sure. I mean I I will admit I wrote one or two of the songs, but the majority 
are by people from all kinds. Of, we, we got the mount, guys from the Mountain Goats. Uh, we got people from Twisted Sister. We got people from OK Go. Uh, a couple of the guys from uh, XTC. They might be giants. We got just it's this full spectrum of people. So, 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 so everybody involved. It was always a couple of guys from these. Yes. Never yeah. Got well, yeah, because you, you, nobody writes. I don't know if you know this. Nobody's ever written a song on their own. People always say they do on the, oh, I, I John, but Lennon and McCartney. Well, it's always Lennon slash McCartney. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Even after John Lennon died, uh, Paul McCartney would always credit John Lennon with writing the other half of his songs. His estate still accumulated quite a lot of uh, 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 income just sure. from Paul McCartney's quote, solo, unquote work. Exactly. That's exactly right. Most people don't know Michael Jackson bought the Beatles work, but uh, he actually failed to buy John Lennon's post-death stuff. That stuff went to Tito. Tito owns all of uh, John Lennon's post-posthumous uh, work. I, I don't think Tito ever got enough props for being quite the shrewd business. No, no, come on. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. But, but boy, That's another just heads up, just a little preview for about a year from now, working on a little something about Tito Jackson, too. Just keep keep your eye out for that. Oh, I can't, I can't wait. I, I hope you good. can get... Um, some of the guys from Dexy's Midnight Runners, and uh, oh and yeah, some, and maybe and I a couple and I, of the guys from that, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I mean my my cousin knows uh, uh, some of the guys from uh, Warren, uh, but I so uh -huh. I don't know. We got a couple guys from Six, a couple guys from Rat, um, just a bunch of people working on that as well because this and is yeah, also a semi musical, and it also hey, uh, it's got a very big alcohol sponsor, the Tito. Jackson special is sponsored by White Claw. So, oh, yeah. indeed, yeah, there's a great association. I've given too much away, though. I've given too much away. You're no, too no, good of an good interviewer. You're too good of an interviewer. Brand, that's good brand spokesmanship. Um, no, yeah, uh, I, uh, I, let's see, and and um, uh, a, a listener of ours, he definitely knows the R and the E of REO Speedwagon, but I don't think he has any connection to the O. Oh. Um, I do. Boy, I did. I did enjoy those uh, those classics from the the Alligator Hour. Like, it's always ringing around in my head. Some like, good stuff. It's in me. I'm, I'm pretty proud. Of. He's kind of a worker. Like that's just in my yeah. head. Yeah, oh, it's a good one. Some of them are yeah, very literal like that. But you know, you got to get the story out however you can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we're 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 excited for uh, Untitled Tito Jackson White Claw Project coming yeah. down right there. Gonna be good. Um. Uh. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm just I'm scrolling through your list. I got your list here of of, of podcasts mm -hmm. that you've been been involved with. Um, book club switcheroo. That's a bit oh. of a mystery one. What's uh, what's the what, story behind there? Well, here's the thing. Uh, we were talking about uh, mixtapes. You ever trade a mixtape? You ever trade? You know, you like back in the day. You're like, hey, listen to this album. Okay, if you listen to this album, so you like trade your little tapes or b b CDs. You know, when I was in high school, but I you know still did tapes every once in a while. Um, this is not dissimilar to that, except we take uh, people, we're a big fan of bringing people together. Uh, Stitch Nipple is all about that, okay? The whole network, me, everybody involved, we're huge on bringing people together. Diversity is important. So what we do is we take one person who speaks one language, one person who speaks another. They both pick their favorite book. They both give that book to the other person. Neither of them is allowed to learn the language. But they do read the book and then come back, do a book report, and then tell us what they think the book was about based, again, mostly on context and pictures and if they're always, involved. This is always the books are in languages that we can confirm that the recipient 
is not native to. I mean, look, we have to take their word for it. But yeah, usually, the, and they usually do provide some sort of uh, an assessment, an online assessment, uh, see how good they are. Can you speak Tagalog uh, or read it? And usually if they fail, then we're pretty sure they didn't fake it. Yeah. Uh, and what's the success rate been there? How's uh, What's the outcome been? I mean, success in terms of how great are the shows? 100%. Success rate in terms of how well do they understand the books? Very, very low. Uh, but it is this sort of adventure where most of the time these people are at least interested in seeking out the translations. So, you know, I uh, I found myself at a at a Hudson News in um, at uh, at SeaTac once, and I was um, perusing uh, Eat, Pray, Love. I got about to page 115 before I realized it was actually in Portuguese. Wow. That's remarkable. I mean, that you got that far. You ever see the 13th Warrior? It's like that. And there's a scene in the 13th Warrior where all of a sudden uh, 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 Antonio Banderas can speak Arabic. The 13th Arabic. Warrior. Yeah, the 13th Warrior. It's kind of like you had that experience, but with Eat, Pray, Love in Portuguese. There's a scene in the movie Phenomenon with John Travolta mm -hmm. where you've got to learn Portuguese to save a kid uh, who's hiding somewhere in an apple orchard, but John Travolta can sense using the phenomenon that happened or, or of the of the film's title uh -huh. that the kid has food poisoning from the apples in that very orchard, huh. and uh, and he has to learn Portuguese uh, uh, from in on the car ride on the way over to the orchard. In that's order interesting. To... And then he does. Uh, that's uh, that's the suspense of the scene as well as the outcome. Uh, moving right you know on. what? Uh, I feel yeah, like I should just point out one of the other. It's not a show I produce, but I like to, you know, right. I like to definitely bump up the people who work with me. Uh, there's a podcast called High Travoltage where they talk about all the Travolta films. I haven't seen them all, uh, but I love listening to the show. I love listening to them talk about po uh, movies I've never heard. It's it's exciting. That's it's that's thrilling. good because I feel like not. I want to hear more people uh, talking about the General's Daughter with John Travolta and James Woods. Mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't feel like we got enough airtime. On that, uh, God, 96, 96, 97. That, that about that, right. That, that, that classic. Uh-huh. Moving right along here. Sure. Uh, little, little Donnie on the potty. And potty is spelled with two Ds yeah. as in odd. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, uh, quite a hit with the children, I believe. Big time, big time which is weird because it was originally intended for adults. Um, this is uh, so if if you're ever hanging out at home and or you go to this is not like it's not at my home. I don't do this. I find it weird. But you ever go to somebody's house and they've got like a little pile of books in the in the bathroom for you to read, right? Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Right. Well. Uh, we had a friend of ours, friend of the, the network, Donnie Wahlberg, said, hey, I love children's books. I love reading them on the toilet. They're my favorite toilet reading. He sent me a bunch of cell phone pictures of his bathroom with the books in there to prove it. I would have taken his word for it, but great, great. Send them to me. And he said, look, I would love to read these, but, you know, I'm pretty, uh, I'm a stickler. Uh, I'd like to bring the zoom into the bathroom with me, read them on the toilet. I won't be doing anything gross, but I want to sit on the, I like the atmosphere of the room. So Donnie Wahlberg reads children's books on the toilet. Uh, but now originally, like I say, the re it was a, it originally intended for adults because it started out as a video podcast. Um, but kids love the audio version. 
Donnie Wahlberg. You uh-huh. you got Donnie Wahlberg. And you know what? I worked with him. I was an extra on Boomtown, uh, and uh, ever since we hit up, we struck a strong friendship. He and I. He definitely remembers my name uh, because of that. He texted me uh, photos of his bathroom. Donnie Don. Donnie, Donnie, Don. You know, I, I never understood why Donnie Don didn't get his own funky bunch. Agreed. I mean, you know, he, he had NKOTB, but uh, at some point he was just like, why can't I have my own thing? You know what I'm saying? And Maybe uh, Stephen Nichols could spin that out and, 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 make, and, make, that, and make that show. Don, Donnie Don and the funky, uh, funky crew. I, I'll text him. I'll text him right now. Text, text him right him. now. Text, text Donnie Wahlberg right mm-hmm. now. That's 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 a that's a seven hundred club first, my hey, friend. Hey, Waldog. Sup? It's J Stream. Got an idea from another podcaster. Does does just he call you J Stream or do or do lots of people call you? I've been trying to make it stick. He he hasn't called me it back yet, but you know I'm trying. Uh, gotta in here, Donnie Don and his funky bunch. What do you think? Okay, we'll see if he gets back to me. He's not too quick about it. And uh, oh, hold on. No thanks. Here's my toilet. Okay, he did. Oh, picture, oh, well, that's picture nice. of his picture of his toilet. But you could use that for the social media. We we could. Yeah, I mean, it shows he's got a bidet, which I think is kind of bragging. Toilet paper situation, you know. I don't know. They're more common toilet. now, you know. It's true. It's true. They're becoming more and more common. But uh, well, you know, um, no, I I think I think it's more more artistic. I, I don't know if it's, it's, uh, it's bragging. It's it's on brand. It's on brand for sure. Yeah. Uh, moving right along here. Wait, wait. How many? So how many episodes of? Um, Little, little Donnie, Donnie on the potty, potty. Uh, about forty-five, I think, if I'm not mistaken. That's, it's one of our. Great. It's a newer show, but I now produce it, so it counts. That's, forty-five is good for a newer show. Is it on hiatus right now? Like, is it a season break or is it is it constantly rolling out? Are you kidding? Right now, it's a perfect time. He is just banging out new episodes. He's got them banked. I'm like, Donnie, stop reading on the toilet for a little bit. We're good. We got episodes till next year, and he just won't stop. He keeps he keeps insisting on on. Oh, so you you bank Little Donnie on the potty uh, uh, 52 episodes in advance. Well, yeah, the reason for it is there's no editing necessary. You would think they'd be very short, but he actually goes into a whole lot of detail about what's on the pages because they're usually picture books. He's like very good at describing them. I won't say he's a slow reader, um, but he does take his time. He wants to make sure people understand. He'll read, I keep telling him not to, but he'll read like the publishing page. He'll read the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, that's on there and all this stuff. Well, based on the experience that it's designed for, uh, uh-huh. a different amount of time uh, for, for lots of different people. So mm-hmm. I think an advantage of this show. Mm-hmm. I could talk about Little Donnie on the Potty until the cows come home. But sure. We need to talk instead about when the cows come home. Thank Another you. Stitch nipple podcasts. Oh, that's a fun one. That is a really fun one. Um, I I say fun. I'm sorry. I this is I, I hate doing this because like when you do 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 podcasts, like I'm a big fan well, of comedy stuff. Yeah. But like a lot of times, I'm like, this is really fun. But of course, when the cows come home is uh, a true crime pro- podcast. So I don't I don't want it to make think people think I think crime is fun. It's of course not fun. No, true crime is uh, just magnificently successful. The, the number one genre in in, uh, in all of podcasting, uh, as, as of literally this week. Oh uh, yeah, it, what you it, may not know about when the yes. cows come home is uh, we actually started it about I want to say six or seven months before Serial, um, and it was it was growing. Okay, we had one episode. We had a pilot. It, it was basically 
it was a placeholder. We do that with a lot of our shows. We're like, we want to name a podcast this, or we roughly have an idea of a podcast for this. So we record about a 30, 45 second MP3 saying uh, something like this, like, hey, this is Jason. I have an idea about a true crime podcast. If anybody murders a bunch of cows and murders some people, and then people end up buried and eaten, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we're reserving it. We're reserving the name. We're buying the domain name. It's kind of like a you know poor man's copyright. You mail the idea to yourself. Well, we would do a pilot MP3 lock it in there, get it on the RSS feed, everything's ready to go. So about six months before Serial came out, we had that. About five years after Serial premiered, that's when we did our first episode of When the Cows Come Home, uh, once we found a murder that roughly fit uh, the idea that we originally had. So you had the idea, uh, but you- For the murder and you, But the then detail. you needed to find a murder that existed- That fit it, yeah. In the framework that you wanted to do. So- Look, so we're, we're, we're nothing if not true to our brand, true to who true, we true are, brand. and true to true, exactly right. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, that's under the uh, Stitch Nipple Crime uh, imprint, uh, which is pretty successful. Again, in terms of we've got a lot of pilots out there ready to kind of be fulfilled, as we like to say. So, um, oh, good, good. So, so your your tactic when you, when you had this idea, either you had it or somebody brought it to you, mm -hmm. uh, was to simply start off with an episode the way that many true crime podcasts uh, will actually learn more information about the case due to the uh, listenership of the show, mm -hmm. the show and then be able to know something contribute to the investigation. Your tactic was to make one episode saying, hey, does anybody know a good uh, true crime murder that happened involving cows? Right. I mean, it was never framed as what does anybody know, but we have to assume, you know, somebody listening either discovered it, got the idea or discovered it and said, hey, I heard a similar story. We don't ask a whole lot of details once we find out about the story that matches it. But then once we do find out, we're just on top of it, reporting it. You know, we get somebody with a soft voice and a Zoom and we're good to go. So, uh, so a, a few months after Serial came out, um, mm -hmm. you, you unfortunately missed the opportunity for the big, the big groundswell. But you definitely yeah. got got to ride the wave at least a little bit. That's that's unfortunate. I hope that. Um, oh, it did well good. for us. Though. I will say it did very well for us. That's that's good. Now, were you able? Were the producers able to actually solve the case of the missing cattle? Uh, well, the cattle, that was easy to kind of solve. It was the, the people, though, that ended up murdered as a result of us discovering that all the cattle's, ha cattle had been slaughtered. Um, uh, sadly, uh, a few of our own producers um, have yet to. Uh, that's, by the way, a sequel we're working on, but that's totally separate. I don't, I don't want to promote. That's crass. I don't want to promote here. Uh, but, you know, those people work very hard on a podcast and some of them went missing and... Uh, yeah, uh, it's uh, there's a lot. It's it's deep dark. Worth listening to their t-shirts uh, up at podswag.com. I think they may have taken them down actually. In, under point. the stitch nipple uh, imprint. Yeah, or, or I, I can't remember if they've they've severed their relationship. If not, cafepress.com for sure. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, what is what is the name of the um, this the, the the stitch nipple true crime uh, imprint? It is stitch nipple crime. That is that is the name of the imprint. Okay. Uh, a stitch nipple. All one word. Crime saves nine, as they like to say. That is true. Yeah, old proverb. Um, and then, and then this is this is a little bit. This is a little bit. This is this is the if my records indicate here correctly, this is the very first, the very first stitch nipple uh, podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. Typically, as we know the story, a lot of podcasts. 
uh, umbrella networks uh, are often founded by one particularly successful podcast. The producers behind that sort of it's their umbrella and they might have offshoot projects that they're involved in to different degrees as well as other people and collaborators who might come on board and and it's sort of like a, a co-branding kind of a, a good um, opportunity for cross promotion but the very first stitch nipple um uh, production which i i have to believe means that this was uh one of if not your first brain children from you directly mm -hmm. um, is a uh, forgotten, a, a long since uh, debunked podcast simply called Potting Soil. Yes, that's correct. Now, that is, uh, you know what? I didn't expect it to come up. It rarely, rarely do people dig that deep. Well done. Like, we don't even listen to this the site anymore yeah exactly right so uh, people don't really uh yeah th that's one of those where we were trying to figure out what podcasts were quite literally uh we knew they were audio right uh we knew they were called podcasts we knew they would go online we didn't know much else uh like i said i started the clip show when i roughly thought it had to be this thought it had to be that um and this was kind of Something I, I recorded early on before uh, the Real Simple Syndication uh, format was even out there. And then we eventually put it out and people sort of kind of forgot that it ever exists. We, we, we thought it would, um, we thought more people would notice it. But um, yeah, so uh, boy, how do I even? So I was involved with uh, a friend of mine, former producing friend. Uh, Zap Chancery, real nice guy, uh, so I thought, and uh, I was kind of super involved in in, in his life. Uh, he had a lot of interesting theories about the world, some stuff that I am embarrassed to say that I kind of attached myself to and believed in. Uh, he was a big fan of the triangular earth theory and uh, oh, the fact cool. yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's the resurgence of late. It's crazy. And then pod, the, the pod people existed. So the, the potting soil, like, I don't even want to, I don't want to say I'm responsible for the name podcast, but I mean, this definitely came out and was put out there before the term podcast existed. Um, well, so it predates the, the invention of the iPhone. It does exactly. Yeah. Um, it, but, you know, it, again, it was just real simple syndication, which has existed for a long time, but it's a bunch of MP3s attached to it. RSS, some people might say, um, and it was about his interest in pod people. Do pod people exist? And it got to the point where I was so invested in it, uh, both emotionally and financially, that I went with him to help him try and dig up places where he thought pod people were. Um, and also to help him try and prove that we, we didn't land on the moon and, or, well, that we did land on the moon, but not at the time we thought we did. They faked the second moon landing, not the first one, all this stuff. And uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a little embarrassing. I don't mind it being out there as an, a bit of an artifact, as it were, you know, something you can dig up as we've been discussing. Um, wait, 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 we could dig up you formally, mm -hmm. you and Zaf formally digging up, uh, you know, heretofore debunked uh, mm -hmm. theories. Well, yes, he, I, I, unfortunately, though, still still really he's on that he's on that wavelength and but he's, quite. but he's had this since he's had this since change the um the flag under which he uh he he promotes his uh, investigations as mm -hmm. uh the the name potting soil mm -hmm. retains copyright under stitch nipple uh productions. yeah uh and um uh, and and he's and, and and you have since severed ties uh which yeah. you know happens 
it happens. Uh, there, there are certainly uh, untold stories of uh, behind the scenes in podcast producing that get a little uh, get a little dicey. Friendships, uh, friendships yeah. are tested. That's for sure. At present, do you still currently believe that pod people exist? Oh, I mean, yeah, but that's I don't think you can dig them up. That would be. Like why? First of all, why would you do that if you could? Second of all, they don't want to be disturbed. They've got there's a certain frequency they operate on, and if you dig them up now, they're going to die. You have to wait until the Earth is vibrating in a certain way, and then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you just shouldn't I, disturb something that's not meant or ready to be disturbed. You know why? Why would you? Uh, that, exactly. I think I think that's a fair point, and it never hurts to warn our listeners uh, who may be getting certain ideas listening to this against taking such. Do um, not dig up graveyards. I can say that for sure. You will get in a lot of trouble, and you might feel bad about it after a while. So, how many episodes uh, did you and Zaff uh, produce before you parted ways? And, uh, that was about seventy-nine episodes, and then the all very brief, but very brief. And then the clip show took over most of your clip show took over all of it for a long time until I realized, oh, maybe we've got a network here. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um. Just, just a little note here I'm very curious about. Uh, this is a title that's still available for download on all the platforms uh, under your umbrella here. Uh, but it only had one episode ever released about three years ago. And, and it's just called Hopping Along. Yep. Boy, oh, boy. That is, uh, that's a, ooh, boy, oh, boy. I don't know how you even found that one. I mean, it's probably on the site, maybe, but uh, well, you, again, you do your research. Well, really I had to good. go. I had to go to the Wayback Machine oh. to find the archives of the Stitch Nipple website, just mm-hmm. just to be thorough, just to be thorough about it. That's very nice that you did that. I appreciate that. Yeah. So that was uh, a podcast that uh, was a response to. Well, it's hard to call. It was our attempt at a response to Hamilton. But it was uh, our attempt to do something about Hopalong Cassidy, um, also rap, but it was only about 23 minutes long. Um, I'm not a rapper. I don't write rap or perform rap, but I did all those things in it. Um, so, yeah, and we thought it might continue, might become something else. We were kind of waiting for Broadway to come to us, which I think at the time was that's a little fanciful, really. Uh, Broadway doesn't really come to you. You also have to know people in Broadway and have a kind of uh, a CV that reflects that you wish to work in Broadway. Um, but we tried. We put out the podcast, hoped it would get picked up, uh, turned into a, a Broadway show. Uh, but it didn't. You know, but that's that's that is what a lot of this is. It's trying and failing. But you know what? You fail upward. Uh, and you, you got to keep going. It's important really to keep going applaud. regardless of uh, what the world is telling you to do. I really got to applaud you for having the foresight uh, to be the first uh, company to attempt a um, to be the first podcast that then got adapted into a uh, Broadway musicale. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame that they didn't. Uh, yeah. So was it you? Uh, you yourself then, who had the uh, burgeoning interests and passion for the story of Hopalong Cassidy uh, that spawned the musical, or, or did somebody bring this idea to you? I saw the name written somewhere once, and I thought it was real funny. And then I looked it up, I got a rough idea on Wikipedia who he was, what he was about, and then uh, just rapped about it, just freestyle off the top of the dome kind of thing. Even though you, you had no experience in uh, rapping uh, before of any kind, freestyle or pre-written, uh, as is the slang term mm-hmm. for that. Um, Arguably but, still don't, yeah. Can I ask why you decided to go with producing the entire musical as uh, one podcast episode instead of breaking it up? Well, 
I really thought that that's what was going to, I thought it was going to become more than it actually was. The 23 minutes was supposed to kind of be roughly act one and we'd go from there, but uh, you know, and maybe producers in Broadway could have told this, but uh, I got a little bit bored 23 minutes in and you kind of run out of, it's hard to beatbox your own raps also. Like if you, I don't know if you ever tried that, but that's what I would do. And then I try and say the words and rap, but I can't do it at the same time. And I try and hit the desk like that but then i i would i'm offbeat it yeah it didn't work out as well as i'd hoped mm, tuka, mm, tuka, tuka, tuka. yeah no I, yeah. I do i do uh i do see what you're what you're saying um you know but as, as they say nothing ventured nothing gained exactly uh, good, good uh good goodness only knows what valuable lessons in podcast producing you learn from attempting this experience mm-hmm. uh and you know and I, w- I wish you luck uh somebody is definitely going to be at the forefront of that boom getting podcasts adapted into broadway musicals and uh, you know you have just a legitimate claim to it as, uh, as any uh, i think so i mean i hope so and i appreciate that i would love to see the musical adaptation of this show again this is i'm a big fan this is one of my favorite podcasts and i only do them uh when they come out uh you know i i would again like turn it around on you again who's your favorite interview so far well in the in this in the in the seven or so years uh since we started doing the show We've had four episodes. Um, my uh, my favorite, I think, if I may be so bold as to toot my own horn a bit, my favorite, I think, was the first episode where the guest was me, uh, where, uh-huh. where I interviewed uh, Randall Pinkweather uh, about producing 700 episodes of um, other shows under our uh, network, um, yeah. which actually, you'll, you'll, you'll find this funny. Um, uh, under our uh, banner, a hop, skip, and along productions. Very good. I like. Yeah, that. that's that's actually how I I initially uncovered um, uh, your podcast, Hopping Along. Mm-hmm. No, you got to check the you got to check the analytics. You got to check the data. Of course, so I'm of course. typing into Google and I'm typing in. Um, uh, you know, you, you type in variations and you you know you you type in like half of the word to mm-hmm. see. If you just type in the first letter, how how high up in the Google auto search sure, sure. the title is, if it's even in there at all, uh, which is a honor I have heretofore never been fortunate enough to hold yet. Um, and that's that's how I discovered uh, hopping along. Um, as uh, uh, you know, I even thought about but before I was aware of, of Stitch Nipple Productions, I was like, boy, I wonder if, uh, if he might consider a, a, a hop, skip, and along media as uh, as their home mm-hmm. uh, this this goes uh, so i was i was i was eagerly anticipating the second episode three years later one has never dropped we'll think about it i, I i'd like to get somebody on who, who knows better how to do exactly that if you understand my my meaning oh you mean rapping freestyle yeah. or other and writing and understanding what a story is yeah oh sure um you i, I mean some some people prioritize that others just say who cares? Uh, sure. I'm just saying there's many different options. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, I did, I did also, um, I did also uh, interview uh, Tracy Morgan, the uh-huh. actor. Morgan. Uh, he's produced 700 episodes of just one podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tracy time. Oh, okay. Uh, where, uh, honestly, he's only had a guest on, I'd say no more than 13% of those episodes. Uh-huh. He pretty much, turns the microphone on once a day so so he started about about uh, two years before i interviewed him mm-hmm. uh, 
he turns the microphone on once a day and uh, I swear to God, every episode is, is literally a different amount of time. Of all 700 episodes, we had this analyzed. No two single episodes had the exact same uh, runtime. And mm-hmm. by which I mean runtime of minutes. Obviously, if you count seconds, there's sure, sure. a discrepancy there. Every episode could be 53 minutes and a different amount of seconds. No, I mean, some episodes are five minutes, some episodes are seven minutes, some episodes are 129 minutes. He's unpredictable. One episode was 271 minutes. Um, and uh, I interviewed him for about two minutes. And we got the whole wow. thing. That went, uh, I mean, was that what, was it enough for you when you interview? You know, I, I find myself frustrated if I get an extra short interview, you know? Sure, sure. Um, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I asked him, hey, Tracy, how you doing? It's good to see you. And uh, after two minutes of his answer, I was satisfied. I had no further questions, Your Honor. That's fair. That is fair. Hey, you know what? You know when to get in, know when to get out. You know, that's the magic of podcasting. That's right. You know, that's knowing right. knowing when to quit, knowing when to stop. All podcasters, I think, understand that keep making more of them and never stop making them because eventually something has to happen. That's right. That's right. Knowing when to quit. Statistically, statistically something great's going to happen for your podcast. Uh, knowing when to quit and specifically mm-hmm. that that time is never is, is definitely the most important part exactly of learning a podcast that i tell all aspiring young podcast producers who always ask me hey randall you know i want to do what you do and what your guests do and that's why i listen to your show um you know what what's what's the one piece of advice you might have for me to which i i usually say why stop at one piece of advice why not go for 700 um <laughs> mm-hmm mm-hmm uh, oh, but but we did touch on a little something. Um, you have only teased this show. This is an upcoming project that I, w- I want to hear about. Specifically, no further questions, Your Honor. Oh, boy. That's a good one. You know, that is uh, that is our first podcast sitcom uh, with full audience. Um, and I, boy, I couldn't be happier. Uh, so we have got, boy, oh, boy. This is exciting. We've got John Lithgow is Your Honor. Uh, that is his name. He is Judge Your Honor. And it's a very, you know, it's an old-time sitcom. I love it so much. He's in it. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt makes a couple appearances because of the connections to Third Rock from the Sun. Um, and then we actually got the, uh, we got, uh, what's his name? Oh, my God. Why, I'm so sorry. I, I mean, this is I so know. embarrassing. Uh, Kenneth uh, from 30 Rock. Uh, we Jack got him. McBrayer. Jack McBrayer. because of the same confusion between 30 Rock and Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, we got him on. He's great delightful yeah it's just super fun like i said with an audience uh of varying sizes depending uh we just do you know do live we run out of theater we do a full sitcom and it's been a big hit a really big hit i'll have to ask uh, tracy morgan uh, if you might want to uh, be involved for the same i would love to have him on as a guest rock, 30 rock confusion connection yeah a connection born out of out of a lovely lovely mishap um mm-hmm mm-hmm that's that's wonderful. Are you, also, you... Marky Post makes a few appearances as an attorney again. So, ah. did you also get uh, Michael C. Hall uh, because of the Lorisco connection? Big time. Mm-hmm. He's great. I'm I'm be very curious to hear him in an audio format. Oh, you'll love him. Very funny guy. Let's no further questions, Your Honor. The first uh, audio sitcom, classic style sitcom, coming out from uh, stitch nipple productions uh when can our listeners expect that uh that so we've recorded uh, about 33 episodes we've got those all banked those are going to start coming out uh next month actually yeah every tuesday 
uh, how many how many episodes uh, in the season? Uh, well, we're doing it old school style, so about thirty nine episodes a season. So you're gonna you are going to love them. They're a full forty five minutes each, and uh, just packed with gags, packed with gags. Forty five minutes of gags every Tuesday mm-hmm. for thirty the next thirty nine weeks, beginning next month. Beginning next month, yeah. I gotta tell you. That that gives me a reason to stick around until the next election. I didn't know if right. I was, um, you know, gonna gonna be uh, gonna be venturing out very much um, uh, to to participate in politics. But sure, I got that to look, to look forward to. You know, that's that's forty five minutes. I can run up to two errands in that forty five minutes. As mm-hmm. long as I'm into that, I'm very excited. So you're you be know, laughing very hard while you do it. So I've just been asking you about some of my favorites sure of your 700 podcast episodes you've produced what are some of your favorite podcasts or specific episodes uh boy you know the ones that i never get asked about are the ones that tend to be my favorites which is weird maybe you know maybe i'm a contrarian but um one of my favorites is turn that music up and it is all about the history of elevator music and it's so fascinating. We're talking about the equipment that it was played on, about the the some of the deep cut musicians. Um, you've probably seen maybe Twenty Feet from Stardom, or you're seeing oh, stuff sure. about uh, the uh, the Wrecking Crew, right? Well, there was a very there was a, the Drywall Guys, where the, the gentleman who did all the music, the Muzak music. So they were well, called they the were, Drywall Guys, known as the Drywall Guys. Yeah, because Drywall, uh, pardon me, uh, Drywall was a better uh, way to make your money than performing music on Muzak. Uh, so they made most of their money actually doing drywall. Also, when you go into an elevator and it's under construction, mm-hmm. it looks similar to uh, when drywall is under construction. That's a very good point. I don't know if there was ever any connection there. Uh, maybe, you know, I'd have to dig a little bit deeper. Maybe that's why they got interested in the music. But, you know, definitely there were a couple guys there who were like, they upped the game of what music was. Yeah, I heard of the drywall crew. Wasn't Walter Fagan of Steely Dan fame part of part of the drywall Early guy? on, yes. Early Now, there were, it was a rumor. It was only rumored for a long time until uh, one one of our uh, researchers found some of the early session tapes and then just he just flipped through. He's like, oh, my God, look at this name. And I looked at it. I've never I don't know Steely Dan, so it didn't really resonate with me. But he showed another friend of mine who's big in, into music. And he was like, holy shit, Steely Dan. And I was like, wow, I recognize that name. Uh, please put that in the podcast. That's right. Then then Walter Fagan met Donald Becker. And, and then um, I think he, he would have. Uh, uh, not had as much time for uh, Muzak gigs. And, of and course, no. Started off on uh, Can't Buy a Thrill, a seminal early Steely Dan album. Sure. That's wonderful. Uh, what uh-huh. else? Uh, I've got another podcast uh, called, it's, uh, well, boy, oh boy, this, this one is, uh, this one is in development. So it's, but it's something I'm incredibly excited about. Okay. It's okay. called uh, Jay Leno Interviews the uh, 1%. It's so exciting. Um, he interviews all of his best friends, uh, people with lots of money, people with huge collections, and he usually interviews it from his hangar uh, here in Burbank. Oh, right, and, right, right. Yeah, and uh, it's one of the most echoey podcasts you've ever heard. However, all the stuff they talk about is fascinating, and it's usually him saying, look at my car. Also, how are you? What's your life like? Do you also collect cars? It's it's a lot of, it took a few episodes for him to s- sort of stop centering everything around cars and car collecting, but eventually it became very good. Yeah, it was very exciting. I have lost you. Sorry, sorry. I, I need to confer with my producer, Frank, here. One Fair, one. fair enough. I'll be right back, too.
<laughs> oh, Frank. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, pink, pink weather. No, I think pink weather could be a good band name. He's always he's always suggesting this um, as a possibility. Uh, maybe kind of like a jazz thing, or why not take the inspo here from our good guest Jason Klein? Pink weather could be we could play elevator music uh, as a genre, and maybe one day make it onto uh, the Drywall Guys. Um, Not, yeah, no, I mean, I know a little I know a little clarinet and wind chimes. I have to say, if I had to pick my two strongest instruments, that's why I'd be more inclined towards the jazz genre. Um, but, but all right, yeah, no, 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 no. If you gotta, if you gotta run out for a few, take a little, take a little break. Um, get a, oh, it's wheatgrass, wheatgrass time. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a Jamba Juice right, uh, right down the block from, uh, um, from uh, a hop, skip, and along studios. Um, actually, we just call the studios hop skips. Uh, yeah, no, uh, that's good, Frank. Frank will be back in a bit. He he went to grab some wheatgrass. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted he he wanted to know if I wanted anything. I said, uh, I said, uh, you know, my usual ginger and turmeric infusion. Give me give me both of them in the same beverage sure sure um but 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 thank you apologies for the uh, the interruption there no um, you're fine yeah what was what was uh please please forgive me um I no just, you're fine uh too, too many plates. what was the last one we were on here uh we were talking about jay leno interviews the one percent uh that's right so so uh, and production. i understood uh, but i understood a couple of them uh, aren't they going to be um because I, I saw an item in uh, vulture uh, on mm-hmm. this reported uh they saw jay leno um, interviewing some people for this very podcast at the uh, classic car show mm-hmm. behind the Bob's Big Boy in Toluca Lake. Um, yeah. So there's some field episodes to look forward to as well. It's a big hang for him. Yeah, he loves doing it. He, and sometimes he, he'll do uh, he'll do jaywalking. We we we've asked him not to put that into the podcast, but he he'll he'll cut that in every once in a while. And he'll just you mean he'll there. literally get out of his car to and he will walk across the street with his microphone street. without crossing at a proper crosswalk. And we ask him not to because he almost got hit several it's times. Dangerous. Yeah, of course, because you know those old cars they can't really stop the the rubbers, uh, you know, vulcanized and everything, so it becomes very difficult. I'm very worried about the safety of our uh, fine uh, Burbank drivers. Uh, should that be the the case? That's a little bit. Um, but I did I did read that um, he was able to get um, uh, the the iconic uh, L.A. car icon Angeline. The, yes, uh, Angeline on an episode of this. Uh, yeah, it was, it was it was brilliant. It was a good time. Uh, again, kind of couldn't get off the car thing for a minute, but uh, eventually kind of got into a kind of a deep dive interview with her about all of her billboards. And uh, he kind of asked her, you know, hey, how can I get into that? And she sort of explained that it used to be my thing. And he didn't quite understand the value of a cultural icon like her. But we well, eventually got him to. It's yeah. amazing because uh, most people don't know that the billboard game allowed Angeline to enter the 1%, which is how her and Jay uh, know each other. She is worth about $13 billion uh, based on uh, billboard stuff alone, just by being noticed off of a billboard. And she she doesn't read her tax returns, but we know it's uh, it's something uh, higher than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, she she's doing just fine for herself. She was kind of designed what we would consider 
the podcast uh, model now, which is do a Angel thing. Me. Yeah, do a thing, get noticed for it, and then become a billionaire. Like I, you know, and it's hard to hit that, you know, unless you're certain groups of people. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, it's sorry. Give me one second. I got to take a quick break. I apologize. I know I already took one. Be right back. That's fine. Frank's back with the uh, with my wheatgrass ginger. Um, okay. Oh, would you? No, no, no. Sorry, I went with ginger turmeric. You got wheatgrass. Oh, you just got the double wheatgrass. It's a double. It's a it's a double shot of wheatgrass. Um, oh, look at you. <laughs> wheatgrass and hard or hardly wheatgrass and am I right? Um, that's uh, that's not too shabby, my friend. Well, as they say at the Jamba Juice, bottoms up. Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse to the old town road. I'm gonna ride until I can no more. Yeah, boy, that is good stuff. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. What's that? You literally have the horses in the back of the studio. Oh, in the parking lot behind the studio. No, I know it's 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 like a gravel like kind of alleyway that we have two marked parking spots in. But I like to think of it as a parking lot. I know it's not actually paved. Well, if it's just gravel, how do you have horses back there? That's not going to be good for their hooves. Well, that's fine. Well, no, thanks for letting me know, Frank. Um, sorry. Sorry about that, uh, uh, Jason. Um, oh, you're fine. You're fine. Please. Had a couple of um, uh, transportational uh, 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 animal husbandry issues, too. Oh, sure. That'll happen. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um Boy, uh, you know, I like to think we've been we've been, um, you know, hopefully doing the deep dive on the pantheon of Stitch Schnibble Productions. Yeah. I guess when the uh, when the history books are written, when they do the uh, the the retrospective, let's say, uh, you know, the documentary or a um, audio based version of the documentary a podcast if you will sure. of the story of stitch nipple productions and you know not that any other production companies podcast production companies that i know of are working on any project like this yet uh, what would you want the the story to say what's what what is the story of stitch nipple that you would want told i want the story of stitch nipple I don't want this to sound egotistical, but I want it to be my story in that I want it to be the story of a search of mine. And this is something that comes up thematically on my shows. I don't I don't try and bring them up uh, unnaturally. If they come up, they come up. But what's most important to me, of course, we're all storytellers. That's what podcasting is. It's storytelling. Whether you're actually telling a story on a toilet, whether you're doing some research into some true crime, whether you're talking about clips on a show, you're a storyteller. But what's most important above all of this is legacy. And I want our legacy, my legacy, to be that of constantly trying to establish our legacy. It's so important to me that people remember us as people trying to be remembered. Um, and I, because the people who want to be remembered are the people who are trying hardest to be remembered. And therefore, we're the ones working the hardest. So why not remember the people who work the hardest? Maybe history will no longer just be written by the winners. It'll be written by the people who want to be seen as winners. It'll be written by the people looking for their legacy. So in the long and short of it is, I'd like our legacy to be the hunt for a legacy. 
Wow, well, well put. I, I think there's no more apt or finer uh, a, uh, a pursuit uh, than that. Um, uh, yeah, yes, 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 good, mm-hmm. yes. And I, and I wish, and I, I wish you the best uh, on this uh, endeavor, Jason. Um, just, just one, one other project. I, <laughs> my listeners would have me by the tail if I let you go mm-hmm. without asking you about Shabbat. Shallot, Gene Shallot's little-known podcast project, mm-hmm. where he endeavored into uh, uh, cooking, namely sauce preparation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the weird thing. A lot of people thought he was cooking kosher based on the name, and they thought maybe he was cooking on the Sabbath based on the name. No, uh, it just happens to be that that's what he, what he liked the sound of. Rather than make a play on shallot and shallot or shallot, depending on where you're from, it could have been shallot shallot or shallot shalom could have been any other but yeah it's he just loves cooking uh the last thing he wants to do is uh, the very interesting thing is he like he's a very harsh critic of his own food and most of the time he doesn't like what he makes so he'll sit there he'll make a thing and eat it like oh this is terrible do not make this gene shallot will say and uh it's one of my favorite adventures you and why because i think it's just so honest. Rarely do you see somebody so honest about their work, but I think it's because he's so comfortable with the the legacy that he's left already that, you know, why be concerned with how he's perceived as a cook? You know, he's like, look, I'm just a cook. I'm just a guy trying to cook something. I'm just, just like every other guy rather than the billionaire that he is. You know, he doesn't want you to think about that. Boy, that's, that's so, that's so fascinating to get an inside look. Uh, uh. Uh, because I know, I know it, it, it had been somewhat of a, of a controversial item in the uh, Jewish cuisine community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they like to be a bit more orthodox about their cuisine. But um, yeah, he uses kosher salt, but I think he might not know that it needs to be more than that for it to be a kosher meal. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to assume. We won't but speak out of turn about no. Um, can we very? I, and I know we're on our way out, but I did want. There's another big well, show please. coming up that I'm super excited about. Please, I want to um, hear. Please, the floor is yours. It's called "And the Rest in Peace," and it's about the dead members of the Gilligan's Island cast, and um, it is their life stories. It is uh, every time they've been covered in pop culture, like played by somebody else in, uh, you know, a biopic, that kind of thing. It doesn't happen that often. Um, but it's just a fascinating look. Happened. Yeah, and it's a deep dive into into Hollywood in the '60s. Uh, it's something that uh, we're missing from the world of podcasts and pop culture in general. Deep dive into a three-hour tour. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. We should have just called it a three-hour tour, but that's okay. It's it's you know you get it. It's, well, well, the three-hour tour is taken, and it's and okay. you know it's just and I allow me to be frank here, not you, Frank, but allow me to be uh, crass. It's it's a bit more uninspired mm-hmm. in that the the podcast the three hour tour uh, not that and this has nothing to do with the fact uh, that um, um, that that it has nothing to do with the fact that this show is produced by uh, Jamblin Along Productions our rival podcast production umbrella I got gotcha. you. Um, but the three hour tour podcast, it's it's just an uninspired. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, how many times have we listened to a uh, television based podcast uh, where it's just 
14 women of color discussing uh, play by play the um, the episodes of Gilligan's Island from a feminist context. We've heard that. Before. My God. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be one of these complainers about this kind of because, you know, they're going to string me up about it on Twitter. But I mean, we've heard it. Give me something new. What is like a you or a me think of it? I, I, you know, I just want to feel represented, I guess, is my point. Like, I'm, I'm out here fighting to make sure that people know I have a voice. Again, I'm concerned with my legacy and nothing else. Why not, you know, allow voices like that out there? And it just sounds like they're being discriminated. That's fine. I mean, whatever, you know, to each one's own. You know, I don't want to I don't want to judge, but uh, I get it. I, I kind of I get your frustration. Yeah, sure. I know. I appreciate that point of view. You're a more humble or perhaps noble uh, podcast producer than myself, which I um, I do appreciate. Um, good, good, good. Um, hey, uh, Jason, we, we've had an absolutely phenomenal time mm-hmm. just uh, deep diving into Stitch Nipple Productions with you and the and the and the stories therein. And and if, if nothing else, I, I wish you luck and speed. Well, thank you. Quest to build a legacy of uh, uh, legacy building attempts. Uh, did did I miss any shows uh, that, that are favorites of yours? Are there any other topics that, that you'd like to dive into? We, we have no time limit. I simply have exhausted uh, my own prepared uh, list of questions. No, that's absolutely fine. Uh, you know, there might be one or two things. There's... Uh... There's the uh, the DV Club. The DV Club is uh, it's it's a spinoff of my clips show. It is uh, basically a friend of mine uh, who wears a beret goes around to uh, different estate sales, picks up old mini DV tapes of people who passed away in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, and uh, just looks at those tapes, digitizes them, and talks about them. Uh, I guess a little tasteless. He'll laugh at them an awful lot. Uh, you think it's a little, it, it is tasteless. I can see how that could get a little tasteless. Uh, yeah, it can be problematic. But at the same time, it's the exploration that I think is interesting. You know, that's what's most interesting to me about it. You know? Is that a friend of yours who uh, who hosts that, uh, produces that show? or, or uh, mm-hmm. you, Pork you, Jenkins. Pork Pork Jenkins. He, Pork Pork Jenkins. Jenkins? Sorry? Mork Jenkins? Pork Jenkins. Pork Jenkins. Mork is actually a cousin of his. Oh, I, mm-hmm. I, I, um, I enjoyed his, um, I enjoyed his uh, jazz album, Mork and Beans. Oh, it's so good. I, you know, I'm not a big, not a big jazz guy. Uh, but in particular, that one really, really, really I would think me. that the jazz would sort of overlap with your interest in elevator music. You would think so, right? Um, but I, that interest is more specifically in in the drywall guys, the drywall crew, because they're just the they're so 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 good at what they do. You know, I'm just fascinated with things that people don't care about. I, if if I had to pick a uh, a caption, a tagline, uh, a slogan for um um. A stitch and nipple, which is what I'm tentatively calling the podcast retrospective of uh, Stitch Nipple Productions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I couldn't think of anything better than, quote, I'm just fascinated by stuff people don't care about, end quote, Jason Claim, founder yeah. uh, CEO. Um, and, and unless you have anything else, I can't think of a finer, more apt note to end our uh, lovely little diatribe on here, uh, uh, Mr. Claim. 
Well, I, I really, really appreciate your time. It's uh, This has been a blast. I'm a big fan. I'm honored to be on it. I know that you were required to have me on because I've done 700 episodes. No, no. This is a privilege. Make, make no mistake about it. I've been rooting for you for the last 200 episodes to, to make it all the way to the 700 uh, milestone so mm-hmm. that we can do this. I, I've been... <laughs> <laughs> I've been very, uh, very excited uh, for this. Um, wow. Uh, where can our listeners, where can the folks uh, uh, find you or uh, further uh, implements of your work? Sure. Uh, if you go to Stitch Nip- Nipple Productions, uh, followed by, uh, I believe it's 200 underscores.com, uh, you can go, that's where you'll find all of our stuff. Um, now, is that 200 of, underscores the symbol or the, the website 200? 200, 200 actual, uh, sorry, out. Stitch Nipple Productions, and then you write 200 underscores. And then you write the com. words 200 underscores or you type actual, two, you take those, the actual underscore, paste it 200 times or type and, it 200 times. You paste it like in like, like old, like snail mail style or like no that would that would ruin your computer you just type it you type it yeah and dot com frank handles all the technical specs that's fine that's fine you're not a tech guy i get it um on on twitter you can find me at uh 10 underscores jk um uh, on twitter Um, now is that that you're just kidding that it is 10 at 10 underscores or is it the letters jk no those are my initials my initials are jk for jason clam Sorry, I know you've been saying claim this whole time. It's clam. I didn't want to. Oh, it's clam. To, clam with a K. I didn't want to embarrass you. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. no. The fault is mine. You introduce yourself at the top of every clip show. Uh, I do, but everybody seems to forget. Even people who know me very well seem to forget that my. Wow. Egg on my face. Don't worry about him. I'm a little. Um, I'm a little miffed by that. After we had such a lovely. Gosh. No, it's fine. It's fine. Randall. That's. I'm a little. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Was that you yelling at yourself? That was that was my id. Oh, that, sorry. That was my super ego expressing itself. Sometimes the super ego takes the reins a little bit. You know, sure. hold the phone, pink weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happens sometimes. Uh, but I appreciate your patience. Yeah, Mister Clam. No problem. Oh, also, there's the Bell in the Black Jar podcast. That's a podcast that's uh, about a uh, British. Uh, show that doesn't exist yet uh, it is a fan cast where we are basically attempting to predict what may happen we're basically hoping there's a spinoff where the show gets made uh retroactively to follow the things they talk about on the show so you're predicting what's going to happen on a show that doesn't exist mm-hmm. ultimately hoping that at some point in the diet in the duration of the show your show the podcast hmm. there will actually be a british um, drama or comedy uh a science fiction program a science a british science fiction program called the bell in the black jar the name of the podcast is the bell in the black jar uh you know i'll have to ask the hosts if that's actually the name of the show or if that's just a reference to the show uh, i'd have to ask them and get back to you or the hosts british friends of yours who are yes in a student British mm-hmm. fiction, um, Sham Wesley and uh, Torm Lightly. They both end uh, with Y. Wesley and Whiteley. Oh, yeah, they're oh, very good. They, no, they have a lot of buzz in the podcasting community. Mm-hmm. There's also Lordy Lordy Look Who's Gordy. It's about Gordy Howe. If you are a hockey fan, uh, it's a good one. It's every week. It's Look Who's Gordy, and it's just Gordy Howe again. They just talk about. They're big fans of Gordy Howe. It's like one of those minute by minute podcasts, but they take like. Uh, a week out of Gordy Howe's life every week and talk about it. 
Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I don't like it, but you know, people do like it. They seem to be. You don't have to listen for quality control. You haven't. Uh, I have no interest in that. No, they edit it. They put it out. As long as there's nothing. That but I thought I thought you a legal problem. Uh, I thought you quote were interested in uh, fascinated by things that people aren't interested in. I'm not fascinated by things I'm not interested in. I'm fascinated in things that people other people are not interested in. Oh, so other people are interested in Gordy Howe, which is why yeah. you want. Exactly. Again, I'm a contrarian through and through. I don't know what to do about it. Well, that's fine. Uh, we'll we'll look for uh, uh, Stitch Nipple Productions uh, online and uh, on Twitter at um, ten underscores followed by the letters JK. Mm-hmm. I, as you know, am uh, Randall Pinkweather. That's uh, Randall dot uh, Pinkweather. W H E T H E R. No A at uh, <clears throat> uh, Hop Skipping Along media.com mm-hmm. and um of course you can you can find uh, this podcast the 700 club and all of our other podcasts uh exclusively on skipping along podcasts platform uh, i'm a big fan like i said skipping premium uh jason boy oh boy it has been just an absolute uh, pleasure um Would would you come on the show again in another 700 episodes? Absolutely. I I would be remiss not to. Um, But I want to make sure. I don't know if you actually do this while the the guest is in the room or or on the Zoom, as it were. Uh, But I I definitely want to hear you do uh, your classic sign-off. No, no, it, it was going. It was going to happen. No, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Like, okay, great. Uh, so yes, no. Again, hey, when you hit the next 700, uh, you know, so far, like it's it's anybody's game as to I mean, who's going to be the first person to come on the show twice. Hey, uh, you have just as good of a chance as uh, Tracy Morgan or anybody else I've had on. Uh, Gear up for it. Until then, uh, uh, as we always say at the end of the 700 Club, as it is written. Gene shall it be done. Thank you very much and have a good night, ladies and gentlemen. The song Spyglass is by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. Creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0. Stolen Dress Entertainment. Hey, it's my turn. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>